Recording. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of the I Thrive podcast. It's your boy, Son in Esperance. And today I got with me Sister Shazmin Smith. That is correct. Shazmin Smith. Shazmin Smith. Shazmin Smith is uh, originally, you reside currently in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Phoenix, Arizona. Wonderful, wonderful. <clears throat> today, you know, we're going to have another testimony for y'all. I'm excited. Uh, I'm seeing a little bit uh, 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 of the email. Don't know what's in store today, but I, I, I can say I, I'm ready to hear this. And once again, hopefully this can be encouraging to brothers and sisters watching this. And those of you who are yet in the faith, who are contemplating coming in, I hope it, it can encourage you as well. Before we begin, as usual, I say that this podcast affiliates itself with one church and one church only. That is First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ, where leader, teacher, and guide is Apostle Pastor Gino Jennings. Um, if you want to see if there's a, 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 a temple or church in your area, you can go on the truthofgod.com and see if there is one in your area. You can, if you're, you want to request for baptism, you can go on the truthofgod.com as well and fill out the baptismal request. <clears throat> if you want to, you know, just see a teaching, see a message, you can go on YouTube and type in Gino Jennings, and you can get a, 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 a several, several good food that will fill you up there. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Je Jouer. Je Jouer is a program that is niche toward youth, towards youth, um, teaches, you know, life skills, uh, such as financial literacy, um, behavioral program, mentorship program, tutoring services, and so forth. So you can go on jevejouet.ca and check them out as well. All right, so we're going to begin um, uh, um, thank you very much, uh, uh, sister, for coming on. Uh, the time over here, it's about 11.46 p.m. or Eastern time in Arizona. It's, uh, it's a, st st what time is it? Like, what's the uh, mountain? Mountain standard Mount time. Mountain time. So it's like kind of the same time, I'd say, with over like Vancouver and uh, the Calgary side, pretty much yeah. BC, Alberta area, because they're a few hours behind as well. Um, but, you know, thank you very much for coming along. Thank you um, within, within this, um, as I say, moreover to those watching, these testimonies are to encourage brothers and sisters out there. It's, it's really, if you know somebody that, that can share it, if you want to share it, please do not hesitate in sending an email, contact me via Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case is. This is, I, I've been like I, the, the comments I've been seeing, the feedback I've been seeing, this has been encouraging people a lot. And, and this is my ultimate goal by doing this. I want uh, those to be able to watch this and say that they're encouraged and they can watch the teachings and left and right because it's good. You hear the teaching, it's wonderful. But when you hear the testimonies, it, 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 it's, a, it's a different feeling at, at times. So, you know, without further ado, sis, uh, we're going to get started with you. So um, a, a bit about yourself. So how, how you know, just up, growing up and, you know, where you were from. And how did you come uh, across into the, 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 the teachings? Okay. Well, yes. Thank you, first and foremost, for even having me on the podcast. I believe that what you're doing is a wonderful thing. Um, and um, I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, I was raised in um, a Baptist church, actually. Um, and I got to be honest, I wasn't I was just the type of girl I went to church because that's what I had to do. I mm. wasn't really, you know, into the churchy thing. Mm. I just, I knew that that was just a part of the tradition of my family. So, you know, um, but um, we, um, I lived in Tallahassee 
um, to the time, you know, from the time I was born up until about the age of 16. And then I moved to Jacksonville, my family and I. Um, and we started going to like a family-based church uh, there. Um, then we moved back to Tallahassee, continued going to that same church that I grew up in. Um, so I've been to other churches, but mostly it's just been that Baptist church that I have. I've, I've always known that. Um, you know, I grew up with a large family. My dad, my biological dad, he wasn't um, in my life. He was in and out of prison on drugs really bad. So my mom, she um, married my stepdad and he too had a drug addiction problem. He had, um, you know, a cocaine addiction, which he later on passed away from in 2014. Oh, sorry to hear that. Um, I was the only child for about 13 years, actually. Um, and then that's when my, you know, my stepdad and my mom, they finally want to have some more kids, yeah. you know. Um, I had two little brothers, but, you know, I pretty much grew up by myself, um, you know, and I would have, you know, cousins that I looked up to as siblings, but, you know, we got into a lot of stuff. And like I said, we grew up in church, but, you know, we was curious about a lot of little things. Yeah, of course, of course. I understand. I understand. A lot of, a lot of kids are like that. You know, it's, I mean, my, my background is Haiti and um, it's uh, something they go by. It's called the three L's. We call it La l'école, l'église, home school and church nothing else oh. <laughs> so you know you just go you're just going to go in and and of course you're curious about these things outside of it but that curiosity sometimes it bites you real good you know yeah. so but yeah yeah, yeah continue so now that you were curious what, what happened from there well i mean we got into things um nothing like like drugs or anything like that but we did have examples in front of us of drugs we had smokers you know the fornicating thing we had all of that as an and and I, and I take it back to that baptist church too because i really believe that had i been in the truth of god had my family been in that at that time none of that stuff would have been going on yeah. but this goes to show you how when you're in certain churches you will be doing a lot of things and you'll do it in front of children and not realize the effect that it has on them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I did, I, you know, I grew up watching my parents, they would, they would smoke weed, especially on Friday nights on paydays, you know, and I'd be out there, you know, kind of in the midst of it and watching them. And uh, I remember telling my mom one day, I said, you know what, mama, I'm going to smoke when I grow up, mm -hmm. you know, and she said, Oh no, you're not. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, what's wrong with it? You do it, yeah. you know? Um, and then, of course, I was um, looking at another one of your um, testimonies of the young lady who was talking about how she came across pornography from um, adults in her family. Yes, yes. I got to be honest, same thing with me, too. Um, I actually had an uncle who would come in the room with me and my cousins in the summertime and he would watch pornography with us. He would actually come in and he would go on Comcast, pay for it, rent it, and just sit there and watch it with us. And, you know, me and my cousin, we looking at each other like, oh, we can watch this? How, how old were you at that time? 
Now that I do not remember. I know I had to be um, like maybe going out of elementary into middle school. Wow. Yeah. So you you were like really, wow. Yes. yes. I, I just, wow, man. And your uncle, he was like well of age. Yes, he was. Yes, he was, <laughs> he was like, uh, I mean, because I was, you know, I'm like going out of elementary in the middle. He's probably about like in his 30s, mid 30s, late 30s or something like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because and psychologically, because that that messes a lot of people up very early um, psychologically, because even even sinners now, they're, they're saying how much it's affected and, and messed up their marriages as well and how terrible they see it to the mind and everything and i it's that's always like you know when i hear stuff like that i'm just in awe because um usually you know you kind of like get your brother's magazine or whatever the case is but when an adult a responsible adult i suppose becomes inside the room and he's watching it right there i just can't imagine what's going on in your in your head from there and everything so from from that point on um, like, did you guys, did you tell your mother? Did you like, what happened from there? Um, no, I didn't tell her because I'm, I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a child, I was, I was interested in this. This looked good to me, you mm -hmm. know, just being honest. I wanted to see that, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 I had never done that before, but it just, it was interesting to me, you know? So I didn't, you know, I kept that between us. We didn't tell on them because we felt like, hey, we'll get them in trouble, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we won't be able to watch it anymore, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there were times where we came in, we would go in his room and we would, you know, watch it there too. And, and, I'm, and I'm giving you all of this information because, you know, these are the dangers mm. of when you do these things as an adult and you think that kids aren't watching you, mm -hmm. whether it be in your room and they just come across it or you're doing it with them, yeah. you know, um, this stuff can scar them for life. Oh, this yeah, stuff absolutely. can affect on how they um, act as young adults, you know, what they begin to do as adolescents, mm -hmm. you know, before even young adulthood. Um, and, um, there were some things that went on to happen with him and myself that I just, I, I knew I couldn't trust him anymore. Yeah. You know, I really thought that he was just that uncle that was cool. You know, that's mm -hmm. my aunt, you know, Hey, I love my aunt, but no, when I look back at it now, it just, it just seemed perverted. It yeah. was very perverted. And I don't know why I didn't see any red flags at the time, I guess, because I was so young. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a kid. It's like, that's why it's so important um, in terms of protecting your your, your children and right you can't and that it includes relatives as well as you know the apostle preaches moreover on you just can't you know allow your kids to be anywhere you know sleepovers and stuff like that it's you see it as a kid oh no you're just being too strict and blah 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 and this and that but he's really protecting you he's really because right. it takes one night just one night one hour of being with the wrong person to mess that kid up for the next who knows how many years. some kids some some kids that are adults now today are still messed up by it yes you know so it's it's it's, it's very important to protect your kids at all costs and if that's keeping them away from certain relatives mm -hmm. you know then you got to do what you have to do but I, I completely understand what you mean from how that can scar somebody from a very young age yes oh yes 
so we um you know like i said there was a you know when i look back at it there was a lot of you know if i didn't come into the truth of god i would i would think that i, I grew up pretty okay you know but when i look back there was a lot of demonic stuff going on around me you know um and it always seemed like there was some male in my family that just made me feel uncomfortable. You know, I had another uncle who, um, he uh, fondled me. He, you know, had put his genitals on me and um, my stepdad, he would make me feel uncomfortable at times as well. I remember he was getting ready to take me to school one morning um and before he took me i could always tell when he was high on cocaine too because he had a certain uh persona about mm -hmm. him like i could always tell when he was high yeah. and this morning he definitely was and i'll never forget that he told me he was like you know well shaz go cut the tv off in the room so we can go to school so i we can take you to school so i can take you to school and um i was just thinking to myself well the TV in your room, why you can't cut the TV off yourself? But I went ahead and did it, you know. And when I went to go cut the TV off, there was pornography on the TV. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, what? You know, and I stood there for like five seconds, like, you know, I'm looking at this. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Okay, so, you know, it it was just, you know, a lot of very strange things that took place. Um, me feeling uncomfortable as a little girl. Mm -hmm. um, me even telling other adults about um, some of the uncomfortable things that I experienced and them doing nothing about it. Yeah. You know, them brushing it under the rug. One of the famous quotes that my great aunt always would say to me, um, I would go to her house and I would say, hey, you know, it's always so clean in your house. Mm -hmm. She would say, yeah, well, that's because you don't know where to find the dirt. Wow. And that kind of, that made a lot of sense in my family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so, um, you know, like I said, there was a lot of things that went on in my family that made me feel uncomfortable from different men. Um, and my granny was actually, a, she was someone who I trusted a lot, but it seemed like when I brought issues to her about, um, you know, like when my uncle, he, he touched my butt one day, he did it on purpose, mm -hmm. but he, you know, people would try to blame it on his disability because he, he had to hold on to stuff when he walked. It's the same <laughs> This the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this the same uncle that was watching pornography with me and my cousins in the in the room. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, I tried to tell her about that. She didn't believe it. She didn't want to hear that because that was her son. She didn't, you know. And then he mm -hmm. had to go into surgery or something the next day. Mm -hmm. She wasn't trying to hear that, you know. Mm -hmm. But my mom, she always would have my back with stuff like that. But I noticed it never went any further. You know, mm -hmm. nobody ever got arrested. Nobody ever, nothing really big ever came out of these situations. We mm -hmm. just, they would fuss and yell and threat each other that at that moment and move on. It's like everything is fine the next few days or months. But me mm -hmm. and my uncle, we didn't talk for years after wow. he, he touched my butt. You yeah, know, yeah. He, I guess he was upset that I told someone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. 
but um you know and then i also like i had um like i said i had another uncle um my great aunt who said the quote she came out and you know i would always tell her how nice her house looked how clean it looked and she mm-hmm. would come out and say that's because you don't know where to find the dirt yeah. i was at her house one day and she was like a you know she would look after older people um and she left for like four hours one day left me in the house with her son and you know I didn't get raped, you know, I didn't get penetrated or anything, but I definitely was fondled that day. Mm-hmm. And I, I do thank God that it didn't go any further, yeah. but I was fondled that day. Um, and I come from a family where when things happen, I'm telling you, man, we could still go to family gatherings and act like nothing Nothing happened. happened. We still eating chicken and listening to, you know, cookout music and, you know, drinking, um, you know, sodas and those little wine um, coolers, mm-hmm. just, you know, just having a blast, like nothing ever happened. Yeah, yeah. And that's the type of family I grew up in, you know, and our way of like making amends was just simply by saying hi to yeah. you after weeks or months, like, hey, yeah. how you doing? That's like <laughs> our way of yeah, everything's cool now. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't brush this stuff under the rug because mm-hmm. there are going to be a lot of things that are left undone. Yeah, yeah. And man, do you know who Satan is? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know how he comes in and he mm-hmm. will wreak havoc, mm-hmm. you know? So now that we are in the truth, uh, and I'm going to get into how we got into the truth too, but now that we are, let me tell you, it's just five of us. Mm-hmm. My husband, myself, and our three kids. Wonderful. That's it. Wonderful. My Mom, my granny, my whole family, our whole family, we have left. Mm. We've left. They, we don't even communicate anymore. Wow. And when we have tried to communicate, I'm just trying to tell them about the truth of God, truth of God, truth mm-hmm. of God. Because I feel like, why would I sit on the phone with you and be talking about, you know, X, Y, Z when mm-hmm. those people need to Pretty be? Pretty much like some nonsense. Why? Why? You can't be talking about the same nonsense and be gossiping, whatever that you like, you like you was doing before, you know. But, right. Yeah. You know, and it hurts me. You know, I miss them a lot. My husband can tell you some nights I just sit up and I'm, I cry. Sometimes I, I just get depressed. You know, everybody else is having a good time, and I'm here. I am. I'm just sad because I'm thinking <clears> about my mama. You know, I'm thinking about granny. I'm thinking about auntie, cousins, and how they about to, you know. They about to be lost, man. They they already lost, but their soul is going to be lost if they don't get into the truth of God and quick. Yeah. They're still in that same false church that we grew up in. They're wow. still there. Mm. They're still there. Mm. Nothing that we have said mm. is making them want to get out of that. But mm. um, like I was saying, the things that adults do in front of you it really has an effect on how your life plays out growing up if you don't have any stable uh biblical teaching you know what i mean like that but that holy teaching if you don't have that you're gonna get into a lot of stuff and i'm not trying to justify my behaviors um and say that oh it was all their fault because i made a lot of decisions on my own that i knew was wrong i just wanted to be grown but that scripture that tells us about, you know, not provoking your children to wrath. Mm-hmm. I really think that has a lot to do with when you, when parents just, they don't pay attention to what their child is heading towards. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you're you're not really you're 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 pushing them into getting ready to do this stuff. Yeah. Man, let me tell you, I I ran away from home. There was sometimes I was sleeping at friends' houses, and this was when we moved to Jacksonville because mm-hmm. my mom, my dad, and my two brothers, and this is my stepdad, um, we were homeless so much we were homeless sometimes we were staying with other family members um and then family members for some reason got tired of us but now when i look back at it it was because of my dad's drug addiction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know because of coke because of his cocaine addiction it made it very hard for us to keep a stable home yeah. it made it very hard um, I never could understand why are we moving so much? Why? Are, I mean, can we just? Mm-hmm. I like this house. Can we just stay here? You know. <clears throat> yeah. But no, it's it couldn't work because that addiction is very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. There were times furniture was sold in the house. Wow. There were times my Xbox 360. Yeah. Where is my Xbox? <laughs> you say cocaine is is some drug, man. Yes, okay. it is. It's, it's, yes, wow. it is. Wow. And I, I witnessed a lot of physical abuse, mm. um, mental abuse, verbal abuse. Um, I witnessed a lot of this. I witnessed, you know, my dad cheating on my mom. Mm. Um, not the actual act, but I did, you know, hear him talking to other women. I even went through his phone and seeing conversations with other women mm-hmm. and, you know, smoking the black and miles all of this mm. i'm telling you all of this stuff we have to pay so much attention to all of this stuff because mm. this stuff is going to have an effect on these children yeah. and it had an effect on me and um also brother i just want to apologize i wasn't trying to break down those scripture when i had no 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 i know i understand yeah 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 no it's just you're just no. referring <laughs> yeah. I know I hey the pastor might come across this. I want to no, but you know, I'm just saying, you know, we you know, we can provoke our children to rap if we're not careful with our actions. And I'm telling you, it helped me because with the with my children, Mm. oh man, I'm so overprotective, but I still don't um hinder them from coming to me about the things that is on their mind, what's mm. on your heart, what, what is it that you like, what do you want to do? Mm. Don't just do everything I want you to do. What is it, some, is it something that you want to do? Is it some place that you would like to go? You know, still got to be strict and chastise them even when they don't, hey, nobody likes chastisement, Mm-mm. but you got to get it, man, exactly. you know? And I grew up getting chastisement, but at the same time, it's like, that's not all it took. Mm-hmm. It took some real nurturing you know, some real one-on-one time, you know, um, because it led, there was a lot of things that led me into making a lot of decisions that were bad when I got older. I mean, you were, you were exposed to a lot and it, it just goes to show, cause some kids it's, it's, you know, you grew up, everything's bada bing, bada boom in a way, you know, not exposed to some stuff. You may see a couple, one, two people smoking cigarettes, but that's mm-hmm. typical. You know, but now in terms of what you're exposed to, in terms of things that you were watching, in terms of things you were seeing all at a very young age, it, it, it anybody, you know, hearing this, it could imagine that, man, only destruction is waiting for this young girl when she gets older because she's exposed. And that's why with some parents, I don't understand. You smoke, you drink, you do whatever. 
and your kid wants to do the same thing and then you get upset or you're like, why are you going to do this? Why are you going to do that? You know, it's it just, what do you what do you think? What do you expect? And what's crazy was, you know, as a kid, when you did it, you, you, you didn't want your parents to know. You were scared. You were like this. Your parents found out that was it. Now, today, you have kids smoking with their parents. They'll be having their blood. Like, mm-hmm. Here you go, mom. Here you go. Mom is there. To... And, it's, and this is like, it's crazy. You know, um, I, it's it's me. I can't even imagine <laughs> my parents just even doing like, if I was acting like I was doing, oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What happened? What happened? You know, so it's it's you you grew up. It was like because I I tell people moreover, mental pain or mental destruction will always be worse than physical. You could yeah. you probably like I said you've been chastised. You probably been beat when you were six or seven years old. I guarantee you don't feel that pain now. Right. But from the stuff that you had to witness, from the stuff that you had to go through and see, that stuff, it stays stuck here. And that tends, you know, to really mess somebody up. You know what I mean? It's like a kid that was told he was, he's stupid since from when he was four years old. Now all his life, he's going thinking, oh, I won't forget when so-and-so said I'm stupid. You know, that's really what I am. That's all I am. You know, until someone comes and tell you, don't listen to him. Don't listen to her. Don't pay them no mind. Why do you have to, you want to be, you know? So it's, it just goes to show um, how much more grateful, you know, I am. And, and I hope, you know, other youth watching this or, you know, people who are able to grow up, not in these conditions, you know, understand to see that people go through things. It could be a kid, your friend that's at high school, that's in high school or elementary school. They're going through this. They're going through it. And it all seems cool now for now. You know, oh yeah, my mom lets me smoke. My mom let me dress like this. She let me do this. My dad lets me do that. And then when you get older, you just see this person is like destruction, destruction, destruction. So I, I, I you know, I understand um, over in terms of what you went, uh, uh, what you went through and, and the effect it can have negatively on a child for a very long time you know so but in terms of all of this you're having and you know all that you're going through so um in terms of when was there like a a transition or i should say like a transition into god you know finding god and seeing who he was because as you stated your old family still in you know falsehood and everybody has their own type you know, as I interviewed uh, my brother, just James on the la- previous uh, um, show, it's just every it's just give them time. You know, it's about leaving them alone, letting them. Be- of course, we, we want our families to be in it. We do, but we can't force. If it's their time, that's going to come where they will come into the teachings and hop on the truth of God train, then they will. You know, but in terms of yourself, when did that shift begin to um, take place? say it, it began to take place in um because I want to go ahead and say that even though um I grew up in that false church I always thought I had a relationship with God I'm gonna mm. just say that mm-hmm. um I you know praying that wasn't abnormal for me talking to God that wasn't abnormal even putting little la- little letters in a prayer box or something mm-hmm. but um I would say for me it got um 
I transitioned probably in about 2014, 2015. Um, I say 2014 because um, I found out that my best friend, which was my granddad, he had pancreatic cancer. Um, and a few months after he had told me he had the cancer, he called me and let me know that my stepdad had passed away from heart failure because they were still living in Jacksonville. I had moved back to Tallahassee. So um, I would say it was probably then where I started kind of waking up. You know what I mean? I still hadn't come into the truth of God yet, but I started waking up. Mm -hmm. I definitely was very, very worldly. Um, I definitely was smoking a lot of weed, um, hanging out with the wrong crowd, um, bad company. I mean, partying, drinking, um, getting tattooed all up, you know, it, 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 but mostly is what I'll say is in about 2015, mm-hmm. um, I ended up having a stroke and I- So in about 2015 is when um, I really came into it because I had a stroke and brain surgery. I had um, I had just given birth to my son um, a month prior to the stroke. And um, a week before I had even given birth to my son was finally when my granddaddy had passed away from the pancreatic cancer. So uh, a month after having my son is when I had a stroke. And I think it was just from all of the everything that was going on, you know, losing my granddad, losing my dad, having a newborn baby, just a lot of, just a lot of stress, you know, Um, and I was in my grandmother's yard that day, I was getting ready to go, um, and I was feeling, you know, like I needed something, you know, and I didn't have any weed that day, and I didn't have any money to get any. So um, I asked my aunt, I'm like, well, hey, do you have some, you got something to drink in there I can take home with me? You know, I, I just need something to kind of, mm-hmm. kind of just make me just be peaceful, chill, mm-hmm. you know? And she said, well, yeah, you can take a cup of my uh, Smirnoff or something like that she had given me. And um, I poured up a cup of it and I was getting ready to go um, to, to my apartment. My mom, she buckled my, my newborn baby in the back seat. My brothers were helping her. Um, I turned around and I was observing them as they were putting him in his seat. And when I turned back around to face the steering wheel, I went completely blind. Just like that. It, it, there was nothing leading up to it. There was no warning. I just went blind out of the blue. So you were like physically like able to move. You just couldn't see nothing. Yes, I could move, but I could not see anything. If you know how it feels when your eyes are crossed, that's how my, that's how it felt. And I couldn't uncross them. I couldn't see. I just, and I was, uh, at first I was, you know, I thought I was tripping, you know, I'm just kind of blinking a little bit and I'm trying to kind of, and I'm like, you know, I asked my mom, I'm like, mom, how does my face look? She's like, how does your face look? I'm like, yeah, because I, I can't see for some reason. For some reason, I can't see you. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, just drink some water. She never told me how my face looked, but I could tell something didn't look right. I don't know if it was drooping or what, but mm-hmm. something didn't look right to her. She told me, drink some water. 
So I, I knew there was a bottle of water in my cup holder next to me and I just kind of feel my way around to grab it. And I was getting ready to drink it, but then I put it down because I was like, no, I don't want water. I want to see, I want water. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see, I don't want water, mm -hmm. you know? So um, then next thing I know, I just closed my eyes shut. And I remember calling on Lord Jesus. And when I tell you something happened, like I just saw stars mm -hmm. and darkness. Like it was like I flew into a galaxy or something. Mm -hmm. And then my sight came back. And after all of that, um, I was very, very dizzy, nauseous. I got a headache pounding just on one side, mm. just on literally one side, hurting so bad. Mm. And of course I had to vomit um, because whatever was going on mm. in there, it just, it all just came up. Mm. Um, I couldn't get, I couldn't walk. They had to carry me up back into my grandmother's house and I laid down um they say yeah there is some kind of stomach virus going on maybe that's what it is and I was just thinking to myself I don't know because I've, I've had the stomach virus before but I ain't never went blind mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so um I went I laid down you know and this whole while after this has happened I'm breastfeeding my little baby wow. I'm breastfeeding him not even knowing that I've had a stroke. I'm breastfeeding my little baby because he didn't want anybody but me. He kept crying just yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I kept waking up like every 30 minutes that whole night, every 30 minutes to an hour, headaches still on one side, excruciating pain, still sick and, and feeling nauseous, just throwing up. But I'm not even really throwing up anything at this point. I'm just kind of just, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. hard at mm -hmm. this point, you know. Um, so I got up finally that next morning, I told my granny, I said, and I was always somebody who cared about how I looked and I had some expensive weave in my hair, but let me tell you that day, I didn't care. It was all over the place. I was like, <laughs> I need to go to the hospital. Yes. Yes. And my aunt, my aunt, she was like, you don't want to, you know, brush your hair. I said, uh-uh, I don't want to brush my hair. I want to go to the hospital. Yes, I feel yes. like I'm dying right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we went to the hospital and, um, you know, they checked my eyes. They said they were dilated, um, checked other things, did a CT scan on my brain. And the guy came back and he was like, you know, do you have any family history of this and that? And, you know, a lot of times we have to, my great, thank God, my granny was in the room because a lot of those questions, unfortunately, we don't always know the answers exactly, to when it comes yeah. down to family medical history. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm asking, I'm looking at granny like, well, granny, do we? Yes, no, you know? And he's like, well, I'm asking you all this because it appears from the CT scan that you've had a cerebellar stroke. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the room is just, you know, like, what? Mm -hmm. She had a what? I'm like, well, what is that? that? I didn't know what that was until it happened to me. Mm-hmm. And um, he told me that, yes, the CT scans shows a hole in your brain the size of a quarter. Wow. Um, and he was like, yeah, we got to get you into brain surgery immediately to drain the fluid out. Um, so next thing I know, I woke up from brain surgery. It was like my eyes had opened like a newborn baby coming mm -hmm. out of the room for the yeah. first time, waking up from that surgery. And um, I was just like, you know, where am I? And she was like, oh, you know, the nurse, she was like, hey, you, you woke up. You know, you just came out of brain surgery. I'm like, brain surgery? Mm -hmm. What is going on here? Mm -hmm. Lord, tell me what, yeah. you know? 
And um, I was like, I want my mama. I need to call my mama. She was like, well, you might want to call her a little later because it's four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, man, mm-hmm. something has really taken place in my life right now. Yeah, yeah. Morning, you know, so I had to stay in the hospital for a month to have the fluid um, to drain off of my brain. And then I had to sit up a certain way in the bed because if I, you know, turned the wrong way to go to sleep or something, mm-hmm. fluid would come back into right. my okay. And um, you know, that was gonna be bad. So um, yeah, that that was pretty bad. You know, being so young, um, about like 24, and nurses Ooh, having to wow. see, nurses having to bathe you, they having to wipe you, and all kind of, and I'm, you know, you come from this lifestyle of being so independent yeah. and fashionable and you know trying to be sexy and all of this and that but now look at you mm-hmm. laid up in here and you don't need nobody but the lord right exactly. now that's mm-hmm. who you need you know and um <clears throat> i couldn't do a lot there was a lot of things i couldn't do on my own i even talked with my tongue my tongue was like twisted wow. so i was talking kind of funny in there you yeah, know yeah, yeah. um just I pretty much had got to like a, a ugly state mm-hmm. and I mean I was humbled yeah what can I say it humbled me you know um so I was in there for like a month mm-hmm. um away from my babies because they couldn't come in the um ICU they did mm-hmm. visit me one time um and there was one night that I was in that hospital every time I closed my eyes I saw a family member or a friend or somebody that I had come across in my life, every time I close my eyes, you know how like when you're drifting off into sleep, you kind of blink and then open back up, blink and then, and that's that's how it was. And then it hit me, it's like, wait a minute, am I passing away in here? Why am I seeing people that I've come across in my life? Why am I seeing my loved ones? Why am I seeing, you know, friends? What, what's going on? So I started praying. I was like, Lord, well, if that's the case, I, uh-uh, I'm not ready to die yet. Mm. I'm not ready to die yet, Lord. I, I just I need more time. And, mm-hmm. they, and even at that time, I thought I was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought I was okay because I had the mindset that as long as I believed on the name Jesus Christ, hey, I'm going to heaven. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. I ain't gonna <clears throat> be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. receive the Holy Ghost and evidence speaking into I didn't know anything about that. I thought I was pretty okay, but I still wasn't ready to die, yeah. you know. Um and I, I did pray to God that night, and uh, by the grace of God, he woke me up the next morning. I went to sleep. He woke me up the next morning. But I tell people all the time, I really think that I was passing away in that hospital that night. I can't. It's just a feeling I can't really describe. But I definitely know that while I was in there, it was just something in me that just had to drive to talk about God more, yeah. talk about him more, you know read the Bible when I got out of there. But see, I was I was extremely lukewarm though when mm-hmm. I came out of that um out of the hospital the mm-hmm. because I still I wanted to talk about the Lord, but I still wanted to smoke some weed. Mm-hmm. You know, because I felt like hey when I get you know when I get high I'm closer to the Lord. It's <laughs> not knowing not knowing that it's a spiritual thing. Yeah spiritual realm you open up when you smoke that weed you know what i mean it's not getting closer to the lord Mm -hmm. you're not getting closer to the lord you're getting closer to something but you're not getting closer to the lord you're just getting yourself you're just bringing 
delusions upon yourself. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't, that's what a lot of people won't admit about weed. We smoking weed is a very scary thing. Mm-hmm. And when I look back at that, I just say to myself, why did I keep doing that? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. why did I keep smoking that stuff, man? And then it it became so hard to let that go. Even after the stroke, it became so hard to let it go. There were times where I would say, okay, I'm done, throw it away. Mm-hmm. And then next day, oh, where did I put that at? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. over the top part of the trash. And yeah, not, yeah. You know, I, if it's on the top, I can still, you know, just take it. And, you know, it's, it's still good. It's still reusable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there, there was still a lot of things going on after that stroke. But then when my husband came into my life, um, he and I, we grew up in that false church too. Now, but the thing about him is he knew about Pastor Jennings long before me. He grew up, his grandmother would have him on in their apartment. He would, he, she would be playing him and he would be listening to that. And it's like, right after they listen to him, they go on the Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church. Right after they whoa, heard whoa, him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. So, because that, that's a common thing where people have been listening to him for years. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me they would listen to PJ? And so would it be like on Sunday, like on a Sunday morning and then go to the false church or like, through, so listening to him, just listening and they're still going. Yes, they were still going. But the thing, but the thing about my husband, he was the only one who was really catching what he was saying. Said. And everybody else, they just, mm-hmm, then turn it off and then go right to the Baptist church and, you know, kidding around in there but he was really actually observing you know okay this is what this is what he's saying on here and this is what they're doing in here but you know he kind of you know he had that light switch on and then off and then on and then off but he we really fully came into it um like i said probably about four and a half years ago consistently um that was my first time hearing him um was when i was laying in the bed getting ready to go to sleep my husband was playing Pastor Jennings and Pastor Jennings was talking about hell. Now I'm getting ready to go to sleep. I don't want to hear about that right now. <laughs> but, for some, but for some reason, you know, I'm kind of poking up now. I'm like, oh, what, what that man talking about? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I, I think I even, I don't know if I told my husband, you know, turn him on the TV or I think he kept listening to him on the phone. Okay. But I didn't get offended. I actually, it actually caught my attention mm. because from the things that I used to do, believe it or not, that type of teaching actually drew me in. A lot of people from, if they would have done the stuff that I was doing, mm. they they wouldn't, they definitely wouldn't want to hear that. But for me, for some reason, I wanted it. It's like something in me wanted it. Like it was harsh. You know what I mean? But I wanted it. I loved it. And there were times where I would listen to what Pastor Genesis is saying. I wouldn't get offended, but my feelings would get hurt. Yeah. Because the way he would talk, that was exactly me. That's, that was exactly me. The Bible reads you. You know what I mean? So I couldn't, it's like, 
I can't get mad at him. He, he just saying what the Bible saying. And that was me. He don't know me. He ain't never seen me. But yet and still he talking about me right now, yeah. you know, and it, I mean, it really hit me. Now the one, one of the things, a few of the things that I didn't just get on board with right away was the wearing of the jewelry. I'm like, oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wedding ring. You yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't hop on that real. I didn't hop on that real quick. And then with the women preaching, I'm gonna tell you about that. My um, husband's great grandmother, she's a preacher, okay. and we started seeing so much stuff wrong in the Baptist church that we were in that we went down there to join her church. And I was straddling the fence with the women preacher thing because I was thinking, okay, well, Lord, you don't want them to preach, but if they're bringing people to you, then you won't send them to hell, you know, no. And then my, my husband's great grandmother, she's up in age, you know, and I'm like, now the Lord ain't gonna send that old lady to hell now. Nah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, you know, but the more I heard the teaching, the more I heard it, it's like, you know what? We're not called to do that, man. There were times where they would ask me to get up in church and, hey, can you teach Sunday school? Or, hey, can you, you know, give a few words of inspiration to the people? I'm going to be honest with you, brother. When I would get up in church and do that, I felt so powerless. Wow. I felt so, I mean, but I would see other women do it and I would be like, yeah, I want to do it like how she doing it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it like that. But then when I get up there, I felt, you know, shaky yeah. and I'm like, what is, you know, cause I, I'm used to doing like public speaking and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's, that ain't really nothing to me, but in that church, mm -hmm. that was a different feeling. I never felt as though I succeeded anytime I did that. And I never preached, but there were times where, you know, they would ask me, Hey, you want to go over the Sunday school lesson? You know, you want to give a few words of inspiration? There were even times I'm testifying in these false churches and I'm getting all loud and wild and hey, hey, you know. Yeah. It's like, uh-uh, now you need to pump your brakes because exactly. you're not called to do all that, mm -hmm. you know. So um, that, that was one of the things that um, I struggled with for a while, not because I had a desire of my own to do that, but because I just, I just could see how women preach and I would see how powerful they look. And it's like, well, Lord, if you don't want them to do it, it do kind of look like they know what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? So it would be confusing to me. Yeah. But I would still be here. Pastor Jen is in my ear. Mm. But then it's like I'm looking at her and I'm like, but she is coming from the scriptures. Mm -hmm. She is. Dang, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. do seem like she know what she's talking about. Mm. I don't know, Lord. I just don't think you're gonna send them to hell if they if they talking about your word, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to glorify you. But it just got to a point. You know what? No, you're not called to do it. Sit down. Exactly. No, no more, no more trying to make excuses for it. Mm -hmm. It's to the point now when I even see that, I just skip over it. Yeah. I don't even try to, you know, even these fake prophetess out here, mm -hmm. you know, you got to be careful with that. Uh, uh, no, mm. no. Wow. I, I just got to, I, I got to really know if I want to really know something, I just got to keep listening to the truth of God. Yeah. yeah. As simple yeah. as that. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't afford to, 
to ha have my spirit vexed and then you know all this confusion brought in and you know I just nah, so I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not even really when it comes mm -hmm. down to and always coming out talking about well I know what the Lord told me it's like but how are he gonna tell you something that don't line up with his word though mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's not saying that women are powerless yeah it's just saying that that you can't do honey mm -hmm. you can't well, do that a lot of a lot of course a lot of women still struggle with that a lot of a lot of yeah. people it's men I don't even understand too you know right. that are so happy and proud mm -hmm. you know to be under a, a woman that's preaching and, and and so forth that's something i i just i i won't be able to understand you know and so but in in terms of all of that question i definitely have for you which is you know a lot of women and i know some watching this are probably like oh so the jewelry huh um <laughs> how long did it take until you had to really let that go because i know my days i know some women love their jewelry love their makeup love their weave or uh crochet and hair extensions and eyelash fake nails and uh, all these type of things so hearing first of all hearing that how he preached on it when you heard the way he was preaching on it. Like, what? What were you saying? What was what was coming across your mind? Um, I was just thinking. Again, I was being trying to justify it. I was like, "Well, the Lord ain't gonna send me to hell for wearing a ring." Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I would. That's how I was a lot with with uh, pastors' teachings at first. <laughs> I was just like, I would hear what he's saying. But then I would be like, well, you know, the Lord ain't gonna send me to hell if I, you know, yeah. wear a little necklace. My husband done bought me this pretty bracelet for our anniversary. Mm. Lord, come on now. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. make me take it off and throw it away. Mm. <laughs> you know, and then too, with the with the wedding rings, now, now that was really dear to me because coming from being, you know, out there in the world. I wanted to have that because I wanted people to know I'm married. And yeah. I thought that that was the way that they'll just know I won't have all kind of random men walking up to me. Mm -hmm. But that's where the modesty came in at. Mm -hmm. Because if you carry yourself with respect, then you will be respected in return. Mm -hmm. And now just about everywhere I go, I get compliments on, you know, how I'm dressed mm -hmm. and, um, I don't have a ring on, but no men, I, I don't know of any men that have tried to make passes at me since I've been modest. Now, you know, I've had people say, you know, hey, you look beautiful. But when I was dressing worldly and got everything showing, man, you talking about coming up to me, to my, hey, you know, miss, I just want to know your name, you know, all this. It's like, no, I'm married, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's how you present yourself mm. now with the weave i'm gonna be honest that was something that i did try to keep up with but then it got to a point i started getting lazy with that so i was like let me just lock my hair up because yeah. uh i don't have time for all that yeah, it's yeah. hard enough trying to keep yourself together as a woman i ain't got time to be going to the hair salon every two weeks i can't afford that mm -hmm. i just need to do something that's gonna you know stick with me 
for years and years and years, you know. Um, the makeup thing, never really was into that, you know, um, besides some lip gloss, because I got some big, huge lips here. So, I mean, I the lip gloss, that was something that I, I definitely wanted to say. I held on tight to that, but never was really huge on makeup at all. But like I said, the, the, the rings and whether it was real jewelry or costume jewelry, and most of it was costume. I mean, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna act like I could just afford real jewelry now, mm -hmm. you know. But it, you know, it, it took a while. I mean, it didn't really take that long. I remember when he came to Phoenix, when the broadcast came here, and I had on jewelry then, and then I went in there and tried to take it off, yeah. you know, and then leave out of there, put it back on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, it just seemed like shortly after that. Shortly after uh, 2019, um, I think that's when I probably just let it go. All we wear now is watches. You know, my mm -hmm. daughter, she was never really big on earrings anyway because they always bothered her ears. And yeah. um, I just, after a while, when, when we started, you know, um, the last thing we finally let go was the wedding ring. Okay. And when we finally let that go, it's, it, ain't, it's, it hasn't been a problem since you know mm -hmm. so about a good two years now i'll say mm -hmm. no jury mm -hmm. and so in terms of you know you're, you're listening to pj attending falsehood and all when did that full transition come and when i say transition in terms of you know getting baptized right and stuff because sometimes people think you know when you come into teachings and you get baptized everything of what you were doing it's going to stop overnight now for some it's not that deep. Some is probably just, you know, it could be a brother. He just had an earring on one ear. I got to take this off. Boom. I got to strive to live a life holy. But then you have um, some there in, you know, a deeper hole than others. You know, they got a lot that they got to give up, which, you know, it won't happen overnight for all people. You know, so when did that moment in time where it was like, nah, this is, this is it. No more wasting time now. No, no more, no more fooling around. This yeah. is not a joke no more. When did that moment come? That moment came when we moved here to Phoenix, Arizona, and the and they came here for the first time. That was their first time coming to Phoenix um, in December of 2019 or 2018, which I think it was 2019. 2019. Um, I didn't hear you back now. I'm sorry, but um, yes. Yeah. So uh, we got baptized here in uh, Phoenix and um, we were, cause when we first moved here to Phoenix, we were looking for a church to go to that re at least resembled something of the truth of God. Cause yeah. we had, I had even emailed one of the ministers and I asked him, do you have anything here in Arizona? And he just texts back, no. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, what are we gonna do? You know, yeah, so yeah. We, we just went to like a, um, a church of God in Christ here a church of God in Christ. That's yeah. all. I just got to roll my eyes. When I say. <laughs> but um, we went to that and then um, we were going to that for a few months. And then when the broadcast came here, we got baptized. We stopped going to that church. But that step, um, that following week, I believe we did go to our last Christmas party. Right after we got baptized, we went to our last Christmas party. And the reason we went was because, for one, we were still new here to Arizona. And this was one of the ladies from the church 
um, that had kind of gotten close to us and uh, she invited us over. Mm. And um, so we went and for some strange reason, after we got baptized and we went to this Christmas party, the atmosphere, very, very weird. Mm. That's all I can say. Very, very weird. We even went to have, we even went on to have a conversation with the lady while we were there about how, yeah, you know, we were at, um, we were, we went to go see, um, you know, a pastor who's coming in town, um, who came in town, his name is Pastor Gino Jennings, you know, have you ever heard of him? And she said, yeah, when you guys told me that the other day, I went and looked him up. I had already heard of him before. She said, now let me ask you something. Is he hard on women? And my husband said, well, he's hard on everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but she said that because she's a woman preacher herself. Ah, That's why she said that. Okay. And um, she, um, I mean, she's not like a pastor, but she gets up and she preaches. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If she's ever asked to, she gets up and she yeah. One. So yeah, she she preaches, and that's why she asked us, "Is he hard on women?" Because she had heard of him before. She's from uh, Detroit, and um, mm -hmm. you know, she's heard of him before. Um, and she was like, "Well, you know, and you know," I said, "Well, no, he's not hard on women. He just wants women to know that they are not called to preach." Mm -hmm. And I was about to go to the scripture. Mm -hmm that said, you know, I was about to go to it. Yeah. But then my husband, he kind of jumped in and he said something too. Mm -hmm. And she responded by saying, well, that scripture that says that, that's Paul saying that, that ain't God. Yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, and I, it was just boiling in me. It, Cause see, I, I know that I don't need to be trying to, you know, uh, rightly divide. I don't need to be trying to preach neither. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to take her to that scripture yeah. and, and show her where it says mm -hmm. that um, where it says that this is a command from God. Mm -hmm. I wanted to show her that line because it was so she seemed so confident in that. Yeah. You know, she seemed so confident that, oh, that was Paul. That, that one God, that was mm -hmm. Paul. You know, and um, it, it seemed like after that conversation with her, the whole atmosphere got more and more weird. Mm. Um, I'm the type of person my husband can tell you when we go to others, pe other people's houses and we're eating and stuff like that. I'm the type of person I help clean up. I help you with the dishes. I take out trash. That's what I do. So as I'm doing all of this, I see her over in the corner. She looking at me like. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Lord, did I, you know, I had to talk to the Lord in my sound mind for a minute. I'm like, Lord, is something, you know, something wrong? Lord? Mm -hmm. did I on her? You know, and next thing I know, she, she, I looked at her again and she was looking like, she was looking like that again. I was like, Lord, we got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on in here, but I'm discerning something and I mm -hmm. don't know what it is right now, but we just need to get out of here, you know, because you never know like what, what the devil is up to. You mm -hmm. don't know if somebody's, because when we first walked into her house that day, she kind of gave me a kiss on the cheek that gave me kind of that feeling of, of Judas and, and Jesus at mm -hmm. the last, you know, it kind of yeah. gave me that feeling like, yeah, I'm about to betray you type thing. Yeah, it was yeah. so weird. The whole mm -hmm. 
atmosphere that day was just so weird. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, and it hit me later on, you know what? We got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We shouldn't have came to no Christmas party. Mm -hmm. We came back to nobody who, you know, we got the, you know, bad company. We can't come back around people who don't believe in what we now believe mm -hmm, in. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I later went on to realize. I mean, because, man, the atmosphere, it was just so weird. I was just so ready to go. The food was bad. I just was like, I was just so ready to go. I was just ready to go. But, yeah, that, that's when it finally hit us that we we can't, no, nah, we got to be in this all the way or just out, out of it. Ain't no in it believe in some stuff and then don't believe other stuff no we got to just be in this thing 100 percent, you know because it's nothing else like it anywhere mm -hmm. we go it's nothing else like it the church we came from the baptist church all you're taught in there is about tithing waiting for your miracle what to do when god is silent just mm -hmm. keep waiting um you know, keep on holding on, keep the faith. Um, but in that church, it's, it's, um, it's gay men singing in the choir, driving the church vans. You got women in there that stole other people's husbands. You got men in there that slept with other women and they and they married. They wiped and left the church because they too embarrassed to even come back. You know, you got women in the pulpit. We had a uh, lesbian as one of the ministers in there. At, at, the, at the Baptist church. At the Baptist church. Yes. She was a lesbian. And, and, and it wasn't like she was a under the table lesbian. Like they knew, no. they knew she was a full blown lesbian. They knew that she liked women. Um, now she was one of those. Um, Cause see, I don't really know all the terms for them and all of that, but I know she, you know, she would make herself look pretty, face full of makeup. I mean, caked up on mm -hmm. um, weaves, tight dresses and all of that, heels, nails done. But yes, she liked women because on one of the watch night services, I don't know if you're familiar with watch night. That's just when you come to church on New Year's Eve and you leave on New Year's, you know, when mm -hmm. it goes comes in. She had her girlfriend at the service sitting on the front row. You know, and she's supposed to be one of the, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I don't think she's a minister, but she sits in the pulpit mm -hmm. and she uh, she does the announcements and something else she does. But she's um, functioning pretty much. She's functioning in the, the Baptist yes. church. Functioning. Yes. It's not someone just coming, you know, struggling to get out of it. She's functioning it oh, well yes. with her so-called girlfriend and, and, and so forth. Yes, yes, she, uh, it was a lot of that in that church, men who have divorced their wives, um, oh man, so much divorce and remarriage, so mm. much fornication, so much adultery, so much gay, so mm. much just, and I got up and I testified one day in there because I was so distraught after that stroke, that stroke changed my life, man. And I got up and I testified in there. You know, the preacher snatched the microphone from me. I had people in the audience. I, ha I had them come into tears, man, with what I was testifying to. I even testified to um, my mom was sitting in the audience. I testified to her. I said, mom, I know I was a rebellious teenager. 
I know I went out and I disrespected you and, you and dad and I disobeyed you. And I'm telling you right now here in front of this whole congregation, I'm sorry. I had kids in the, in the congregation, they're crying because nobody has ever got up and did, you know, said something like this. And the preacher, he come and snatched the microphone from me. I'm like, well, did I say something wrong? Yeah. I'm just trying to help them in here. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help them. Yeah. But I, you know, I, at that time, like I said, I still had that mindset that as long as we believe on the name of Jesus Christ, we going to heaven, yeah. people up here smoking and they talking about, yeah, the Lord, he helped me. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, you believe in the Lord too? Yeah. On heaven too, good. I'm gonna see you in heaven one day, mm. you know? It was just, but the Lord, and the Lord let me feel that way for a little while. Mm. But then he let me know, well, it's, it's a lot more you got to learn about me before you, <laughs> you know. It felt good to thank everybody on their way to heaven as long as they believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. It felt good, you know. But when I got in the past of Genesis, it's like, oh, man. Mm -hmm. It's so people look like they on their way to hell. Then, yeah. uh, wait a minute. So, Lord, just about everybody going, mm. you know, that's how I started feeling, you know. But I... The teaching is just, it's just so addictive, man. I can't let it go. Wonder. I cannot let it go. There are times where I would just ride around in my car with my husband at work, the kids at school, and I'm just blasting pathogenics. Wow. Just blasting pathogenics because it's like, this is what I want to hear. I don't have to feel inferior to other females. Mm -hmm. I don't have to feel like I'm a loser in life. Listen to the truth of God. You will learn a lot more about yourself and other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Wow. So this this was just a very wild, wild testimony, sis. Uh, um, you know, thank you for sharing. One thing, you know, of course, uh, as I asked more over um, to sisters, because that's like, I know, a big struggle for some, uh, even just hearing it. But how has you, you know, being a woman, when you hear uh, um, the apostle, of course, preach on, you know, women preaching, jewelry and all that. If there's advice you can give to, you know, women watching right now, you know what I'm saying? Not in the truth, not in the teachings, um, but struggling with it. You know, if there's advice you can, you know, shed to her right now, what advice would you give her in terms of, because especially when it comes to the jewelry and makeup, because every woman, they have a different reaction. You know, some was like, huh? That's how you that's how you really feel, you know. And then some it's they know it's true. Yes. You know, they 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 know it's true. What advice would you have for that? Well, um, my advice is just to even if you're not in the truth of God, God gave us all a sound mind. You know what I mean? And I want to start before I even get into the makeup and the jewelry, because to me, I know that that can be like a really heavy thing for women, but when you really get into the truth of God, you'll realize that that's, that's gonna become a lot easier for you to let go. Mm -hmm. Those harder things, when it comes down to these men, when it comes down to fornication, when it comes down to, you know, exposing your body and, you know, getting tattoos and having children out of wedlock, just, just take the time and really ask yourself, what effect am I going to get from this cause? What am I, 
what am I going to gain from this? Am I going to gain anything from this? I didn't even get a chance to testify to you about my tattoos. They, I have nine of them and I have to try to hide them everywhere I go because I don't want people to see that. Mm -hmm. There are going to be some things that if you decide to do it now, mm. you're going to later on regret it. Mm. And it's just going to be there with you. It's going to be stuck with you. Tattoos, piercings. Your body is a temple. Your body is beautiful the way that God made it. You are so beautiful in your regular state that God made you in. That That's what you need to know because a lot of women, they feel, you know, they see this stuff on TV. Don't, let me tell you something. Them women ain't happy on TV, okay? Mm. They look like they're happy, but they're not happy. Don't don't want what somebody else has and you don't even know how they're feeling. You know, some of these people, they don't get any sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Some of these people miss meals. Some of these people feel suicidal. Let me tell you, turn to the truth of God. It's nothing like it. Even if it hurts your feelings, sit there and let it work on your heart. Sit there and let it convict you. It will have you to examine yourself and learn things about yourself that will make you realize, oh yeah, I need to repent. Mm. And not just for no uh, one thing here, one thing there. It's a lot of stuff I need to repent about. Mm. The truth of God will have you to understand this life is more serious than what you think. Mm. It's much more serious than what you think. The makeup and the jewelry it's it's just it's so it, it's weightless like it don't it doesn't even have any weight to it put that stuff away who are you really stop trying to cover up your scars your acne don't worry about that don't worry about that there's so much more to you there's so much more to life there's so much more to god and he loves you and guess what you don't have to be worried about finding no husband. You don't have to be worried about that because God knows what you need. Mm -hmm. You put your focus on him. He will bring all of your desires. If you delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't worry about, oh, well, if I take this makeup off, I'm going to be looking like, oh, I'm going to be looking like Freddy Krueger. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. I'm not trying to make you laugh. You're beautiful. But seriously, you know, because they, it's this makeup stuff. It really aggravates me. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. It really aggravates me because it's like, man, you take that to me. You look like Freddy Krueger with that on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you take that off, let your natural skin and skin show. I mean, you don't have to go get implants. You don't have to get uh, breast implants, butt implants. You don't have to get that stuff. Mm. Now, I don't know what the Lord says about the false teeth now, because some of us, we have teeth missing. And, you know, you might have to, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about that. But the the but the weave and the, the makeup and the jewelry, let that go. Mm. Let that go. Let that go. If you if you have to get some dentures, if you got to get some implants, you know, you got a few teeth missing. Hey, I'm sure the Lord is okay with that. I mean, 
you don't want to be walking around teethless, mm-hmm. but I mean, because you got to be able to eat, mm-hmm. but you don't have to have weave in your hair. Yeah. You don't have to have makeup on your beautiful face. Mm-hmm. I used to get my eyebrows waxed a lot. Now they're very bushy, mm-hmm. but I mean, I just can't go in those places anymore. What mm-hmm. can I say? Yeah, yeah. I can't go in there no more. Pastor Jennings be talking about, yeah, some of y'all going to be plucking your eye, uh, your eyebrows out when the Lord comes. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear him say that, I say, you know what, let me not even, because I sometimes I be considering like, Lord, can I just go get them to kind yeah. of take me up a little bit on mm-hmm. my, and then I hear him say, I hear him say that, I'm like, no. Nah, so he keeps following you, that, that, like a, a certain teaching, it just follows you. Right, right. So, yeah, but for the women, they, they need that encouragement because they think that that's what it takes to look like a real woman. They think yeah. that that's what it takes to get a man. They think that that's what it takes to get attention, but no, you, you'll be surprised how much respect you get for modest apparel, no jewelry, just a watch, because you do need to keep up with time, mm. literally, and spiritually. Mm. Um, but you you really don't need the makeup, sis. You don't need the makeup. You don't need the jewelry, because if you think about it, we didn't come here. We didn't come out of our mother's womb with all that stuff. Mm. So why do we need it now? And then some people have gotten so used to it, they don't even, it's like, they don't even know how to let it go. Just mm-hmm. throw it away. Man. It's like an addiction. It's like a drug. The makeup is like a drug. Mm-hmm. Throw it away. You don't, it, it's, it's foolish to burn in hell over makeup and yeah. jewelry. That's just foolishness. Yeah. It's vanity. It's vain. It's, it's not making you look any prettier to God. God is not attracted to you. He doesn't, I mean, he's not, you know what I'm saying, trying to, you know, be in a relationship with you. God mm-hmm. is your heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And these men out here who feel like you only look pretty with it, well, guess what? They ain't the man for you. Mm-hmm. They're not the man for you. So you you just, you just don't need it. Mm-hmm. And stop making excuses for it. Stop trying to get an attitude when somebody tell you that you're beautiful without it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy too. You want somebody to tell you that you're more beautiful with that on than, than you are without? Mm-hmm. No, that's crazy. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for that advice. Because it's, it's, it's always different, you know, when it comes from a woman. Because a lot of times uh, people see women in the teachings and oh, the, the the women in truth of God are miserable. They're hopeless. They they look like a bunch of women that are depressed. They look like a bunch of women that are in a plantation. They can't do this. They, you know. So now here it is. You got a woman in the teachings in the truth of God telling you, you know, uh, 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 um, like uh, like it is. You know. So, uh, but sis, this was just wow. You know, um, it just goes to show you, you just don't know what people are going through. You know, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what they've been through. That's why I always take the time to understand the person. Because it's so easy for someone to just judge a person, you know, by why they are doing certain things or how they're in taking certain things. But do you know where they come from? You know, okay, oh, my days, why are you struggling smoking weed? You probably, your dad probably introduced your mom. The mom probably introduced the, the, the parents probably, you know, wrote it for you. They taught you how to do it. If your parents allow it, you know, 
So some right. people, you just have to understand what someone goes through. Now, do you stay in those things? No. But will it take time until you're able to let it go? Absolutely. As I stated, this is not a overnight thing. You're not going to come up to everything overnight. Right. You're not. There's things you're just going to have uh, that is just going to take uh, time. You know, yeah. so, but sis, thank you very much for taking the time and coming out and sharing your your, your testimony. Um, I'm truly appreciative of it. I'm very grateful. Like those of you who share your testimony, I, I say moreover, I am very grateful and thankful for it. You know, I know some of you are very busy, but you're able to take the time out your day to share what God has done for you. And it's it, it, it's just always something to say. It's always something you got to be thankful to God for. There will always be something. You know, if it's he's waking, he's waking you up to see another day, that is something you got to be thankful for, you know? Because uh, some people wake up depressed. Some people wake up, they can't even walk. Some people wake up, they can't talk. They can't eat properly. You know, they, they wake up in a, a lot of pain. They wake up in a hospital. They're waking up not realizing the doctor told them you're going to die within a few days, but they keep waking up. So it, it, it's you don't know what people go through, you know. So that's why there's always something you could be grateful for, you know. Uh, well, uh, this is uh, Chasmin. Chasmin? Yes. Jasmine, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, uh, um, maybe, who knows, I'll have your husband on this <laughs> eventually one day too, you know. So, um, but those of you watching, please, you know, you can share this with your friends. Share this with your family. You know, if this could be shared. Uh, it doesn't have to just be people in truth of God. But if you have a relative, you can just share it with them. Feel free to do so. Once again, um, information is below if you want to, you know, testify and, and put a testimony out. Um, uh, this, uh, to conclude, as I say moreover, this podcast is affiliate itself with one church and one church only. That's First Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ. And this podcast is also sponsored by Jevejoué. Go on jevejoué.ca for more information. Thank you very much to you all. That concludes. Thank you very much. Just all of you that are watching, you have yourself a wonderful night about to go and, and hit the snooze button as it's later over here but uh, I'm see you all soon take care love you all stay safe and peace be on to you all